Today's episode is about my recent trip to Florida. I think nine years since I've been to Florida. My mother and sister spend four months out of every year there during the winter time. They both work in the horse world. As you may have heard a previous episode I did, I think it was in October or November 2022. I talked about my experience riding horses again with my sister and what it was like growing up with horses. The horse industry commonly, if the people that are riding horses and the horses themselves are based in the Northeast, they will go down to the Southeast <laughs> to enjoy the nicer weather. And my mother and my sister really wanted to have me there. And I wanted to go to Florida to visit three national parks that I have yet to check off my list. I have talked about in a few episodes how much I love visiting national parks. My first one, gosh, I'm not even 100% sure. I attribute the beginning of my national park experience to 2012 when I did my first cross-country road trip, which if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I love driving cross-country. It's something I do annually. And my sister and I drove from San Francisco to Massachusetts. And along the way, we just stumbled into some national parks. I don't remember how much of it was planned at all. I think it was something I wasn't fully aware of. Maybe some people had told me, oh, you should go see this area of the country. I remember when we drove to Yosemite, the first park, I didn't even realize you had to pay. <laughs> so we pull up to the entrance and they said, $30, please. And I was like, what? $30? We're just driving through. But I didn't understand that there were entrance fees at a lot of these parks. But we paid it. It was absolutely extraordinary. And then after that, we went to the Grand Canyon, where I imagine we paid. I don't remember paying, but I'm sure there's an entrance fee there. And then we also went to Moab, Utah, where I 100% know we paid. And... I don't know if we went anywhere else after that, but those were probably my first three national parks that I was very conscious of, at least. The national parks are all over the United States, including the mainland, I guess, as well as some islands. Actually, there's a bunch of islands, but Hawaii, the Virgin Islands, Alaska, those are parks I have not been to yet, but I aim to go. I am currently focused on visiting all of the parks on what do they call it? The continent, continental United States? I don't know. So I started to develop a interest in, in the, visiting these parks shortly after my big road trip in 2020, because I went to a few with my friend Leanne on that road trip, which I did a whole episode on and started to realize how incredible these parks were. And then I think in either 2021 or 2022, I looked at a map and I saw all the parks I have visited and I started writing them down. And then I looked at the total number of parks, which is currently 63. And I say currently because they've been added to, I think in just the past three or four years, they've added four parks to this national park system in the United States. And mind you, there are national parks in other countries. I've been to a few in Canada, for instance. And I just like the idea of checking things off lists and accomplishing things. But visiting these parks also brings me to parts of 
my country that I currently live and grew up in uh, that I probably would never have gone to before. So as of today, March 20th, 2023, I visited 43 of the 63. And in two days, I'm going to my 44th. So after that, I will have 19 parks left. And I have been working on my plan to visit seven more. And the final 12 are in Alaska, Hawaii, the Virgin Islands, and some, is it Samoa? American Samoa is, I think, out, out near Hawaii or I guess this is the other thing about visiting these parks is that I've learned a lot about geography and I'm still working on it. So today I'm going to talk about my experience crossing off three national parks for my Florida trip and also just the overall Florida experience. First things first is I had been trying to make this trip work for the last few months. I originally was going to go to Florida in January, but felt a lot of anxiety around it. As much as I enjoy planning and find planning trips easy, it's a lot. It takes a lot out of me. And I didn't feel like I had the foundation, the information, and the confidence to do the trip in January. So I postponed it to March. And I thought, this is a great way to celebrate a time period around my birthday. My birthday is actually March 21st, which as of the day I'm recording this is tomorrow. And I like doing something really special around the time of my birthday. So I thought, this is great. I'll get to spend it with my sister, my mom. My dad was going to try to come, but it didn't work out for his schedule. And it also seemed cool to check off some more parks around my birthday time. So the timing actually worked out nicely. What was challenging is I left very early on a Sunday morning. And the previous Wednesday through Saturday were during the uh, Natural Products Expo in Anaheim, California, which is one of the most intense business-related things I do each year. I plan to do a separate episode on it, but the Natural Products Expo is an industry-only event for people that work in the natural products industry. And you're there with over 60,000 people for four straight days. It is an all-day event, and it's incredibly draining. So I had to build myself up for weeks ahead of time, planning my schedule, making sure I didn't have scheduling conflicts, also adjusting my sleep schedule because I had to get up early each day. It was like I was training for a marathon or something, but it was all worth it. And I flew JetBlue. I'll share some details with you because flying gives me a lot of anxiety. It always has, but I've been more and more aware of it. The more I fly, the more I'm thinking, wow, this is really challenging for me. I've spoken in previous episodes about some of the accommodations I've made. In fact, I've worked with my therapist to advocate for accommodations. In the past, I talked about how I've utilized an amazing service in the United States that TSA offers called TSA Cares. If you have any sort of physical, mental, or emotional challenge or disability, TSA can support you. And it was phenomenal. Um, this is probably the third time I've used it. You submit a form to TSA in advance. You let them know what you need support with. For me, my anxiety gets pretty debilitating. And if I'm traveling by myself, 
it's very hard for me to do stressful things like go through TSA. So having the TSA cares, an officer shows up and they guide you through the whole process. And it is one of the greatest reliefs for me. I am so deeply grateful that that service exists. So I made it through there. The other thing that gave me anxiety about traveling is packing. (laughs) I still haven't really figured out how to overcome them. That the way that I operate with packing is I spend several weeks planning. I feel grateful that I'm able to make it through and travel at all because of all this anxiety. I can imagine some people may not even be able to travel. Packing a few weeks in advance has been really helpful for me. I think about everything from what clothes I'm going to wear, what the weather is going to be like, how big my luggage is. For example, sadly, airlines now have a lot of upcharges when it comes to luggage. Somebody in the Beyond Measure community said that they've avoided travel due to fear of flying. I'm curious if you feel like sharing what your fear of flying is. For me, for example, I'm not afraid of anything happening in the air, like a plane crashed, for example, or turbulence doesn't really bother me. It makes me nervous, but I wouldn't say I'm afraid of it, but it's the anxiety of things going wrong, getting on the plane and getting off the plane that that are really hard. And so this luggage issue, A, you have to pay extra money. And one thing I don't like about JetBlue is they charge you to bring a carry-on. You can go on the plane with what they call a personal item, like a backpack or a purse. But if you want to bring a big bag with your clothing in it, they charge you extra. And if you want to check a bag underneath the plane, they charge you extra for that too. And some, not all airlines do that, but a lot of them do. So the prices can give me a lot of anxiety. So I had to prepare for that for a while. And then once I decided I was going to do carry on only, I had to plan out exactly what items I was going to put in my luggage so that it would fit. Cause you also have to measure if you break down all the steps involved just with getting on the airplane, it's a lot for someone like me. However, I learned from my sister on this trip, she doesn't think like that. She is easy breezy. She doesn't plan ahead. A lot of people I've met, they just somehow do it and they flow through it. It feels easy for them, but it's not for me. This is one of the reasons why I've enlisted the support of things like TSA Cares. Now, TSA Cares does not help with what I just described. They help you through security. Then you're on your own. So the packing, I do it on my own, but I like to look at the weather. And I like to anticipate what clothing would make me feel comfortable, literally as I'm on the plane, but also I'll think about each day of the trip and what do I want to wear and all of that. So that takes me weeks to plan out. Somebody in Beyond Measure said that the turbulence and crashing is the fear for me. Yeah, even though I can't relate, I can imagine how that might feel to have those fears and as I've mentioned earlier in the episode, I actually much prefer road trips, even though your chances statistically of getting in an accident are higher by driving a car than they are flying. I think it's like the thought of it, right? Being high 30,000 feet up in the air versus on the road where you might feel like you have more control. Um, this, exp- I, If I had more time and interest, I probably 
would have driven to Florida instead of flying there, but it would have taken days versus six hours or whatever it was. Another person at Beyond Measure said that they were on a flight with really bad turbulence, became good friends with the elderly lady beside them, held hands for a bit. And the bonding too that can happen on a plane is quite special. And another person said, I can relate with anxiety about traveling, how stressful it is. My brain feels like it slows down. Ooh, that's a really good way of putting it. And that's exactly why a service like TSA Cares has been really impactful for me because I feel like my brain kind of shuts down and my anxiety becomes so large. It's hard for me to think clearly. I, my heart pounds a lot. Sometimes I, I got really shaky, especially on my flight to Florida, since it had been probably nine months since my last flight. Like I just fell out of the flow with it. And I was just scared of things going wrong. Nothing really went wrong except I had an extra bag with JetBlue. They allow your carry-on luggage, which has to be a specific size. And even though I was very diligent, I was still afraid that they were going to tell me it was too big or something. I've had that happen. When I went to Singapore last year, my bag size was okay, but I didn't realize it had to be a certain weight. And I had to last minute make all these changes to the weight of my bag and redistribute things like that stuff gives me crazy anxiety <laughs> that didn't happen on this flight. But what did happen is that I had a bag with some food in it in a plastic bag and they stopped me and said that counted as a third bag. And I had to talk my way through it and allow them to bring me on the plane. Looking back, I feel like that's going to add to future anxiety because it was like, I thought I did everything right. And yet something still went wrong. And that's really frustrating. And I imagine those thoughts I'm not alone in. And I wish that there were more accommodations. That was the other big lesson I had from flying before and after Florida. I just kept thinking, wow, like I, I feel uncomfortable identifying with a disability, even though neurodivergence is considered a disability which I guess it depends on what type you have, but it is classified as one, a mental cognitive disability. I can't imagine somebody who's not able-bodied having to jump through all the hoops th that are involved with travel. I'm fortunate enough that I can walk and my limbs work and on and on all these things I'm able to do. It's only the emotional mental side of things that are really challenging and barriers for me. And they're just aren't a ton of accommodations. And for those that exist, there's a lot of work involved for it. And I could probably dedicate a whole episode to that, to that alone. But for now, I will say that I made it on the plane and it was very comfortable. We didn't have any crazy turbulence. I used a really cool new item that I bought on Amazon and I can link to in the description for anyone who's interested. It's called Airplane Pockets. And this is neat for those of you who are concerned about cleanliness <laughs> or germs. 2019 is when I started to get really careful about my health on planes because in 2019, I got really sick after a trip, an airplane trip. And this is before masks were involved. I've been on a bunch of flights in the past few years and I haven't gotten sick. And I think it's because I wear my mask. And I use hand sanitizer. I also clean 
the whole area, like the armrests and the tray table and just anything I might touch or somebody else might touches. And airplane pockets is a cool thing I saw in a blog post where it slips over the tray table. So it protects it, gives you like a clean barrier, but it also has a pocket that hangs down where you can store all your items. And one thing that also gives me anxiety is losing things on the airplane and like the seat back pocket, you could put something in there and forget it's there. Airplane pockets allows you to keep everything organized, clean and with you at all times. And it's, I really, I could screen share here for you if you'd like. This is one thing that I love about doing the live version of the podcast is not only can we have the interactive elements, but the tool that I'm using allows me to share my screen. You can see a visual of the picture of the airplane pockets. So I had like my water bottle in there, which I attached with an air tag. This is something I've learned. I have a tendency to lose my water bottles. And this water bottle in the picture is from a brand called Life Straw, which I'll also link to. Absolutely love it because it filters out water. I also have on the right-hand side pocket, which you can barely see because it's black, is a, what do they call it? Like a foot hammock, I think. <laughs> and the foot hammock allows you to elevate your feet, which also makes me feel more comfortable. And I had like various things in these pockets and I just absolutely loved it. Let's see, I'll have another, a few other images of what that looks like. I bring a neck pillow with me so I can sleep. I've talked about in a few episodes, all the different equipment and things. And I like adding to it. I like looking at different accessories that I can buy for each trip that I am on just to make it a little bit easier and relaxing. So anyways, that kept things clean and the flight was really good. I, and I got off. I was very grateful that I did not check a bag because big advantages, you can get right off the plane. You don't have to wait for the bag coming around the baggage claim. And I met my mom and my sister, and it was just awesome. The weather in Florida is so wonderful, which sounds funny because I live in Los Angeles. But if any of you live in Southern California, which a number of you in Beyond Measure do, you know that it can get relatively cold here. And to go from 50 degrees in Los Angeles to 75 and humid in Florida felt like a huge change. And... I was just delighted. I, that was my like, first impression there. And one thing I had on my flight, by the way, I'm going to go through a few details little by little, is there's a great brand called Core who makes various food bars. And Core has a Core Keto bar that I ate on the airplane. And Beyond Measure asked me to mention some of the products that I brought from the Natural Products Expo with me on my trip. I always bring snacks. So the Core Keto bar, specifically the chocolate chip cookie dough bar. I can share my screen again, actually, so you can get a nice visual if you're watching over on Beyond Measure. This bar was fantastic. Not only did it taste good, not only was it low in carbohydrates for me, which I'm currently trying to do the plant-based keto way of eating, but it also has probiotics in it. So that was a nice perk. And I would recommend their products in general. Oh, you know what else was cool about JetBlue? And a reason I'd fly them again, first of all, they have free Wi-Fi. And maybe this is common knowledge, but <laughs> I have not flown JetBlue in years. And I was really impressed. 
free Wi-Fi, not just like you can text message people, which is a nice bonus, but you can use your computer and do all sorts of things. I was streaming movies and that to me was worth any extra cost, but they also had unlimited snacks and a number of them were vegan, including a brand that I really enjoy. And they were at the natural products expo. They are called stellar and they make this is not a great photo if you're watching the video version of this, but you could get the gist. They make these vegan pretzel twists. And this flavor they had on the plane was their vegan butter flavor. And the other product that I was excited to see is Goody Girl. They serve their oat flour cookies that are gluten-free. To see these two vegan options on the plane, they also had a third, which is plantain chips, but I was not as excited about those. <laughs> and on my plane, at least, they have self-serve, so you can go get multiple snacks plus a whole cooler or refrigerator of drinks. And again, this is exciting for me. Maybe they've been doing this for a long time, but I was absolutely amazed. And people can just get up out of their seat go get whatever snacks they want. I I just thought that was so cool. Oh, what I also brought food-wise and thought I was taking some good photos of, but they didn't come out nearly as well as I had hoped, is this salad. So because I'm eating a specific diet now, I made myself a salad and I have this really cool salad container that has a separate compartment for your dressing and it's under the four ounces that they allow in the plane. I made a tahini dressing and then put all of my salad ingredients together in, in the separate section of this container. When I got on the plane, I mixed it together and used my bamboo utensils and enjoyed this incredible salad. The salad is on the bottom and then there's a little salad dressing section that pops into the top. And someone in Beyond Measure asked if the snacks were included. Yes, everybody on the plane, regardless of what ticket you had, everybody on the plane had unlimited snack and drink options. And not only could you get it from your seat to have them, but the flight attendants would bring them around to you multiple times. Now, I flew a plane from Los Angeles to West Palm Beach, Florida, specifically. It's about five, five hours or so. I don't know if a shorter trip would include that, but yeah, wasn't that cool? Like no extra charge. So JetBlue surprised me. I was very grateful for it. Okay. So after all of that excitement, I got to Florida. We stopped at this cool marketplace in West Palm Beach that has all these different restaurants. But because I had eaten my salad, I actually didn't end up getting any food. But my mom and my sister had some snacks. One thing I had there that I also really enjoyed are these seaweed snacks from a company called Nora. And I don't know if this specific version is new, but they have a crispy gluten-free and low carbohydrate seaweed snack that is so delicious. They're like thick strips of seaweed. And this is one of my favorites from, from the trip. It was a nice thing to bring and it was in like a thin container. And then my sister and I went to Whole Foods and I got some more things. Another thing I did in all my planning was I wrote out a list of foods that I wanted to eat because I was at my 
mother and my sister's rental in Florida with a full kitchen. So we went to Whole Foods and I was able to load up on all the foods from my special diet. So I brought some with me on the plane and I also bought some at the store. And of course you can look up restaurants, but to save time, money, and also to accommodate my special diet, I find making my own food is the best option. So having access to a store like Whole Foods, they also have Sprouts in Florida. I went to Publix, which is, I think, specific to Florida. And Publix was really impressive too. I've been there off and on over the years of my Florida trips and they're huge markets and have pretty much anything you can imagine. On the second day of my trip to Florida, we started our natural parks endeavor or adventure, I should say. We started off at the Everglades, which I think maybe I've been to before. It's a huge part of Southern Florida. It takes up a ton of land. I think it's 1.5 million acres. And we went and tried out the airboats, which are the air, I think they're called airboats. Basically, they're these boats with that are very thin essentially at the bottom and the motor is at the back of them as opposed to underneath in the water because Everglades are kind of shallow and they're able to essentially skip you over the water. And I learned on the boat that it's actually better for the animals like the alligators there because they just sink down underneath the boats and the boats go over them. And they said in like the 30 plus years, the company I used went, they I think they said they've never injured an alligator that they know of. So that gave me peace of mind. <laughs> I did not do any research on the ethics of it, I will say. So if you're a very ethical vegan, I would look into it more. I did some reading. I compared three different companies. They were all certified from the National Park Service. They all seemed very legitimate. And I chose one. I I'll give you the name in case you're curious. Gator Park Airboat Rides. and they're pretty neat. There's a bunch of companies that offer them. Three of them are certified by the National Park Service. You do need to pay an extra fee if you do not have a National Park Pass. But that's something I buy and have been buying for the last few years. For $80, you get unlimited access to not only all 63 of the national parks in the United States, but there's actually 2,000 parks throughout the country you can visit for free. Some of them have entrance fees, some of them don't, but the Everglades did have a fee. So since I had that pass, I didn't have to pay that additional cost. You just had to pay for the airboat ride, which was, I think we paid $28. Seemed pretty reasonable. That was per person. And you get in a boat with, I think maybe there's 20 people total on these boats. They go out every 30 minutes. You don't have to make a reservation. You just show up. It is so casual and laid back. You buy your ticket either online or in person and you get in line and you get on a boat. The line reminded me of being at, on a Disney ride. In fact, the, the experience of the airboat itself reminded me of a few different rides at Disney. I know there's at least one big Disney fan listening live right now and beyond measure. There's Pirates of the Caribbean, but also what's it called? The Jungle Ride? Maybe, maybe you can let me know in the chat. I forget what that jungle boat. I can't remember, but it's that type of feeling. You're on a boat with all these strangers. You're waiting in line and there's ropes and tropical themes around you. It's all real. 
<laughs> in Florida at the, I guess Disney is in Florida, but in the Everglades, it's not like a set like it is at Disney. Um, and that it was just cool. We had a really great tour guide who also reminded me of someone that would work at Disney, just knew all these facts and told you all of these things. And you ride around in the Everglades for about 40 minutes and they point out alligators and fish and birds. And it was really neat. So we had a great time. My mom said she had always wanted to go on one of those. So she was pretty, pretty excited to experience that. And it was a beautiful day too. We were very lucky that it wasn't raining or super hot. What did surprise me about the airboats is they're so windy. There's nothing covering you. There's nothing on the side. So everyone's like gripping onto their hats and their sunglasses and whatnot and making sure nothing falls out. You know, even your phone, you could accidentally drop in. Something I learned on that trip that I didn't realize is that there are a ton of snakes. In fact, I think it's pythons that became invasive in the Everglades and they procreate to an extent where they don't think they're ever going to be able to get the invasive species out of the Everglades. And they're actually, I think the tour guide said that they're mating with different species and forming like new types of snakes. So if you have any fear of snakes, it is a kind of a scary fact to learn about, although I did not see any snakes and they said, you don't see them very often. However, they're like everywhere in the Everglades, but they blend into to the water and the reeds and all that stuff. So you can't even see them. So that, that was a little interesting. That, that scared me more than the alligators. I think we saw three alligators and they were pretty relaxed and they didn't, we got very close to one of them with the boat and it just sat there. Like maybe they're very used to it. The other thing that was interesting about the airboats is they're very loud. And that's something that I guess makes me concerned for the animals. Although the Evergate glaze is huge and the airboats are in a very small part of it. Uh, you have to wear earplugs when you're on these boats because the motor is so incredibly loud. In past episodes, I talked about one of my favorite products called the loop earplugs, which are one of my favorite travel accessories. I will link to them along with anything else I mentioned today for you if you want to check out the things that I've purchased for these trips, the foods, the locations, places I've been. I'll put I'll do my best to compile all the links into the podcast section. But the loop earplugs, I was very glad to have them because they work so well. So everybody else is wearing like these little cheap foam earplugs that they pass out at the airboat tours. And I had in my fancy loop earplugs and they worked like a charm. The loop earplugs also are great on the airplane. They're great in the airport. I bring them everywhere with me and they're just a really handy thing to have. After the Everglades, we drove about an hour away towards Miami. So Everglades is actually not that far from Miami, but Miami is right on the water on the eastern side of Florida. Everglades is essentially on the other side, but it's not that far, at least to get to the airboat section. And we went closer towards Miami to get to the second national park, which is called Biscayne. And that park, I only skimmed the surface of because it's mostly a water park. And because we were trying to go to three national parks, the third of which I'll tell you about soon, we considered Biscayne to be just a very quick stop. So we went there and had a picnic. I had made another one of my salads and my nice little salad bowl. 
another thing I'll link to because I this salad bowl that I told you about earlier is has was amazing to bring on this trip for the airplane for the picnics we had I use it at my mother and my sister's rental like it was just awesome I love having salads anyway so I made myself a salad they had some subs they got at Wawa <laughs> Wawa is an actually really cool place to go it's a gas station but they have an incredible selection of food including lots of plant-based items they will make fresh sandwiches which is much much better than subway in my opinion at one point they were serving beyond meat products there i don't know if they still do but also their drinks and their snacks like tons of great things that you can get there i opted to bring my own but my mom my sister got some wawa subs and we ate them at a picnic table at Biscayne. And Biscayne National Park is one of the parks that is no entrance fee. So anybody can just go there. There are trails to walk around and you're just on this beautiful ocean front area. And that's essentially all it is, unless you decide to take a boat tour or you go kayaking or paddle boarding, snorkeling. We did not do any of that. We spent about an hour there walking around and eating our lunch. But I considered it visiting the park. We went into the visitor center and I got a little taste of it. I would love to go back and see more of it. The reason we had that so short is because our next destination was to go down to the Florida Keys. So the Florida Keys starts pretty sh close to Biscayne, but it's about a three hour drive south from there. And it's really worth looking at a map if you've never understood how the Florida Keys work. It's a all these little islands, I forget how many they, there are. I should look it up. Let's see in, in real time. Florida Keys. They are all connected through a highway. And or I guess technically it's 42 bridges that connect it, including one bridge itself that's seven miles long. And wow, this number blew me away. It's much more than I would have guessed. I would have said there was a few hundred islands in the Florida Keys. Nope. There are 1,700 islands in the Florida Keys. And this highway, US-1, with that long bridge I just mentioned, connects 44 of them. So you're essentially skipping from island to island over this long highway and it doesn't even feel like it. You don't realize it until you go over some of the super long bridges that they're all these mini islands. So you go through areas like Key Largo and other areas I don't even remember. I think one was called Marathon, on and on. And it takes about three hours to drive down without traffic, maybe two and a half. We hit some traffic, so I think it took us like three and a half hours from Biscayne. And we were all saying how surprising it was that just along the highway, there wasn't that much to see. There's a lot of touristy shops, restaurants, etc., And you can see the ocean, depending on which island you're on. Some of them are wider. Some of them are really not wide at all. So you can see the beautiful ocean around you. And then we drove all the way down to Key West, which is the last island as part of US-1 at the very tip of it. But there are more islands beyond that aren't part of the highway. And when we got to Key West, which is where we had a hotel, we initially weren't that impressed by it. We thought, oh, this is all it is. We thought it was going to be like really neat down there because people rave about Key West. Turns out the area we drove through just wasn't that exciting. Once we got to the hotel, 
it was amazing. We stayed at a place called the Kempton Fitch Lodge, and it was fantastic. A boutique hotel that had chickens and roosters running all around it. It wasn't exclusive to the hotel that chickens and roosters just live in Key West. And as soon as we got out of the car, we saw them and they were like, they're kind of stray cats. Like they're just hanging out really friendly, looking for scraps of food and all of that. And the hotel was just awesome. We had an amazing room and we were absolutely thrilled. We put our stuff down, we relaxed for a little bit, got changed. And then we walked down to the main part of Key West, which was incredible. It was tropical. It was all these cool houses, different colors. It reminded me a little bit of New Orleans. It reminded me a bit of the Caribbean, a variety of different places I've been. And just nice. It was also spring break. There are all these people around. Everyone seems so happy. And I found this amazing restaurant on Happy Cow, which is a great resource I use. Most of the time I travel, I use the Happy Cow app on my phone. And I found this restaurant called Kaya, K-A-Y-A, that people were raving about. I wanted to find a place that wasn't exclusively vegan because my sister and my mom like to eat fish mostly. So we walked over there with low expectations and had an incredible meal. I mean, it was this beautiful Caribbean style restaurant. We had a great waiter. The menu options were just amazing and everything was perfect. And that restaurant had karaoke and a bar and great music. And it was just so wonderful. Put us all in this vacation mode. But the night was short-lived because I had a huge, what word could I use here? (laughs) Mission. The next morning, I got back to the room and tried to wind down as early as possible, but I didn't really fall asleep until midnight because I was having so much fun. I woke up a little after 4 a.m., And I walked by myself down the street from the hotel to the ferry terminal because I wanted to get standby tickets for the Dry Tortugas National Park. So that's the third national park in Florida. And I, as I mentioned, I'm on a mission to go to all 63 parks. That was going to be park 43 for me. And I wasn't able to get tickets in advance because I planned the trip to sh- with too short notice. So the Dry Tortugas is an island that you can only get to via boat or plane. And I think the planes are only through this one company that flies these mini seaplanes. Maybe they hold 20 people, tiny planes that fly over the ocean and literally land on water. I did not do that because it costs to $600 for tickets for that, more than I wanted to spend. And I was going with my mom and my sister. So for the three of us, that would have been quite an expensive trip. So my aim was to get a standby tickets on the ferry, which costs, it's still expensive. It was $185 if you have a national park pass. So remember that $80 annual park pass that I get includes unlimited access to these parks. If you don't have that pass, it's $200 to take this ferry. But it was worth it because the ferry includes 
breakfast and lunch, which they can be accommodating to vegetarians, probably vegans, but not somebody like me who's gluten-free vegan and low carb. So the food was not included for me, but everybody else, the ticket cost covers that. And it includes the two and a half hour ferry ride to the islands and back plus four hours on the islands. And I was determined to get on this ferry. So I read online that if you get there early in the morning, you might be able to get tickets. If you do not want to get there early in the morning and you're listening to this episode, I would book the Dry Tortugas Ferry at least a month in advance, ideally two months in advance, but I did not have that time luxury. So I woke up about 4.20 a.m. and I walked by myself while my mom and my sister slept in the hotel and sat at the ferry terminal. And essentially it's first come first serve and you sit on these benches and you wait outside the ferry ticket office until about 6 or 6.30 a.m. when the staff members arrive and they come out with a clipboard. When I got there, there were five people in front of me. And I thought, I I have no idea if I'm going to get on this ferry, but it was worth a try. So I waited. The clipboard came around 6 a.m. And you write your name down along with how many people you want to bring on board with you. The five people in front of me turned out to be nine people because of the parties one person had five people in their party and there were a couple couples ahead of me. So there were nine people ahead of me trying to get onto this ferry. And with me and my mom, and my sister, that made 12. And the staff woman said that the day before she got 18 people on. So I said, all right, maybe I have a chance. The sad thing was there were, I think, 10 people or more waiting in line behind me. And so we all passing down this clipboard to each other, starting to feel a sinking feeling. And that's 6 a.m. Well, you don't find out if you get on the ferry until about 7.45 a.m. So everybody leaves. It's still dark out. The sun didn't come out till 7.30 in the morning. So I walked there and back from my hotel. It was about a five-minute walk. And I went back. And because if you get on the ferry through standby, you have to be completely ready. My mom, my sister, and I packed up our hotel room. They went and got breakfast, all of this stuff done. And we got back to the ferry terminal at 7.30. And I was so anxious. One thing that really triggers my anxiety is not knowing what's going to happen. <laughs> Even though we never know what's going to happen in life, I get anxious in those situations. And so I can still feel it in my chest, like the tight chest and the pounding heart and all of that. And they're surrounded by all these people that want to go on this ferry. So the woman comes out at around 7:40 AM and she calls the first guy in line and his five family or there are five of them total. And he said, you're in luck. You're getting on the boat. And then she turns to the rest of us and says, there are six people that we're waiting for. And if they don't show up, six more of you can get on the boat. And she reads off the list and she says one name, second name, and then my name. And she said, everybody after Whitney, 
Unfortunately, there's no chance of you getting on the boat today. Whitney and the two other people, you have to wait here for another five or 10 minutes and we'll let you know if you get on the boat. So it was like, <laughs> it's like got made it an audition or an interview or something. It's like, I made it the next cut but I still didn't know there, there was no guarantee that I was going to get on this boat. So it was sad and exciting at the same time. Sad because I had to watch all these other people that got up. These, some of these people were there and arrived at the terminal just minutes after me. It was that close of a call and they waited for hours and they all got ready. Just thinking about it right now breaks my heart. So I watched all these people leave. And I'm thinking, wow, I still have a lot of anxiety. And five minutes later, the staff woman comes out and says, all right, the six people didn't show up. You can get on the boat. But when I did the math, there were seven of us waiting. Seven meaning four people that were ahead of me in line. Plus me, my mom, and my sister. So I turned to the staff member and I said, there's, we have a party of three. So there's seven of us total. She goes, that's okay. You all can go. And my heart just exploded in happiness. And my mom, my sister and I were just like cheering. We were so excited. And we got on the boat to the dry Tortugas. And I just felt the greatest satisfaction of accomplishing this. <laughs> like I was dancing. My heart was racing in a positive way. I was so excited got on the boat, it's two and a half hour ferry. I get a little seasick. So it wasn't super physically comfortable. I did discover a medication after the fact called, I think it's Genexa, G-E-N-E-X-A. I'll put it, a link to that too, if you're curious. Because I learned that Dramamine, which is the name brand for motion sickness products, some of their products aren't vegan. They contain gelatin. They have all different dyes, like when I looked into the ingredients for Dramamine, it didn't feel in alignment with things I like to consume or buy. But Genexa, which is a more like herbal homeopathic motion sickness remedy, is not available at all drugstores. So I didn't get it for the boat. And I wish I had because definitely felt nausea. You can also get C-bands, which put acupressure on some of your points and your wrist. I was trying to replicate that with my Apple watch and my whoop band and all that, but I don't know if it worked because I still felt sick, but it was worth it because we got to the dry Tortugas. I highly recommend looking it up. It is such a cool place. It's a giant fort that was built during the civil war. There's all this cool history there. You can walk around in the fort. There's also beautiful beaches. We went snorkeling. They include snorkel gear in your ticket. So in addition to breakfast, lunch, the ferry ride, you also get free snorkel gear to rent all for the cost of that ticket. There was an incredible tour guide. So we listened to some historical facts. You can go in the visitor center there. They sell various mixed drinks. It was really cool. And you're on this tiny island in the middle of the ocean with beautiful blue colors and the water around you. I went snorkeling, did not see anything super exciting. Sometimes you can see turtles. Tortuga means turtle. So the dry tortugas is called that because of turtles. Also, the dry part of it means there's no access to fresh water. It's just seawater there. So there's a whole history about why the people 
uh, in the boats back in the day. It's sad, actually, because the reason they call it the Tortugas is they actually used to eat the turtles when they were traveling through that area back in like the 1500s or something like that. So that was not the, my favorite part of the history, but I was also sad that I didn't get to see any turtles or dolphins. Like I really just saw fish and some, what are those, not sea urchins, but whatever stings you that looks like jellyfish. Yeah. That looks like jelly. <laughs> I saw jellyfish and lots of seaweed and all sorts of cute little fish swimming around and it was cool like one part snorkeling there were literally hundreds maybe thousands of these tiny little fish swimming around me it was really neat and so I enjoyed that I haven't been snorkeling in like 10 years or something nuts like that so that was great I actually had bought a really nice not super nice but a very handy what they call a rash guard for snorkeling and if you're curious about that I can put a link to that in the description too. I'll put a link to all the various equipment that I got. I got some water shoes that I didn't end up using, but I'm planning to use in a few days at the Channel Islands. And then we went back and we were really sad to leave Key West because it was just so beautiful, but we had to get back so my sister could go to work the next day. We drove back to West Palm Beach where my mom and my sister's rental is. On the way, we found this really great Thai place and I think that was in that area called Marathon, Florida. And they had an amazing selection of vegan food. It was very well reviewed on Happy Cow. And we sat on a dock of, on the side of the ocean to eat our takeout. And as we were sitting there, we got to see some manatees swimming by through the little dock area. That was really cool. Apparently, seeing manatees out in the wild is a little on the rare side depending on where you are in Florida. So that was a nice thrill. And I saw this beautiful sunset, drove back to West Palm Beach. And then I spent the next few days relaxing around while my mom and my sister had work. I did a ton of work, but I loved doing it. I was sit sitting on their deck overlooking palm trees and just sitting in the nice Florida air and taking lots of walks with them. My sister and I <laughs> went to the Hard Rock hotel and casino in Fort Lauderdale. It was so cool. The hotel is shaped like a guitar. And I've talked a little in the past about how I enjoy playing slot machines. And my sister and I have a whole history of going to Vegas and playing slot machines together. So we drove down to the Hard Rock Casino and just spent like an hour and a half, two hours there. Didn't win any money but had a really great time. We just walked around and found a really cool boba tea place across the street and just had our sisterly bonding moments. And the rest of the trip was pretty simple and low key. I didn't, I, we were going to go to some more vegan restaurants, but didn't do a ton of that. We ended up mostly eating food we bought from Whole Foods. We went to this chain called Burger Fi, where you can make really good burgers and they have the beyond burgers there but i enjoy just making food at home making my salads getting various things i love the dr prager's burgers right now they have one called i think it's called the perfect burger so satisfying it's made from pea protein what else i really have gotten into a great flow with that salad if you want the salad recipe happy to share it i'll tell you real quick it's romaine lettuce cucumbers, 
basically any vegetables you want, but I like to do cucumbers, either radishes or bell peppers, sprouts, avocado, sunflower seeds, or pumpkin seeds, either or they're interchangeable for me, sesame seeds. And then I pour in tahini and nutritional yeast and a dash of salt, mix it all together. And it to me is one of the most satisfying salads. And my sister loved it so much. She begged me to make it like every day I was there. <laughs> and that brought me so much joy. I had it today for lunch too. And it's just like always hits the spot. So I try to bring like little packets of nutritional yeast and you can get to go packets of tahini and just go to a store and grab some vegetables. And if you have a salad bowl, like I do, it's such a quick, easy thing to have wherever you go. I bring it on road trips. It's awesome. And I think that sums up most of the trip. If there's any questions from the Beyond Measure members that have been listening and watching live, let me know. I'm going through all my photos to see if I missed any other details, but it just brought me so much joy. I was also able to use a variety of things I bought last year when I went to Costa Rica, like my sun hat. I'll link to that too. I have this great little sun hat that you can roll up and pack really easily. That really came in handy on this trip. And if you travel, it can be worth it getting things, but, but a lot of things are so inexpensive these days for better, or for worse. I don't always love how cheap some items can be off Amazon, but if you use them a number of times, they're worth it. Another one that I've had for years is this collapsible cup that I use for coffee. I use it sometimes for various drinks, like on the airplane. If I get a soda or something, I'll pour it in there instead of using a plastic cup. And I can't remember what that cup is called, but I'll put it in the description along with everything else. It folds flat into just a few inches, but then you can extend it out and it turns into a 16 ounce cup. And I always get compliments on that. And let's see if I'm missing anything else. I've had my travel pillow, the neck pillow from Essentia for years. So a good travel pillow is always nice to have. I also absolutely loved my Vessi shoes. I've talked about them before. before. They're waterproof, vegan, tennis shoes, sneakers, whatever you call them. I have two pairs now. I love them so much. And the pair that I have doesn't have laces. And for me, that's the best. I don't know why it took me so long to learn how much I love shoes without laces, just to be able to slip them on my feet and not have to worry about tying and untying shoes. And now I have a black pair and a white pair and they're fantastic. They're comfortable. They're great in all weather. They have a nice tread. I've used them hiking. That has been a big go-to for me. The National Park Pass, if you're interested in any of that, like I, any of the parks, the 2000 places you can visit in the United States for $80 a year. If you do enough traveling, it really pays for itself. The Life Straw Bottle, like I mentioned, has been so great. If you are stranded in the middle of nowhere, you can drink water out of a stream safely. I think even pool water, you have to double check, but it the life straw filters out almost everything. There's a few exceptions in extreme cases, but it's meant to be used all over the world. So I bring it everywhere I go because I like having fresh filtered water and really get panned. Another thing that gives me anxiety is not being able to 
<laughs> stay hydrated. <laughs> Let's see what else. I bring a variety of things to fiddle with too. One of my favorites is just the simple little like wristband. I don't have it on right now, but just something that I can fiddle with my fingers. I talked about the acupressure rings, which I also don't have in front of me right now, but those are great. Sometimes I'll just pick up a rock. I happen to have that right here today, but something to feel in my hands, a texture will help with anxiety. I've talked about aromatherapy can be nice. Something to spray, something to put on my wrists. I always have lots of chapstick. And the Thai restaurant I want to mention is Thai and sushi. It's called Takara. And that is technically in Vaca Key, but that's near Marathon, Florida. So if you happen to be driving through the Florida Keys and you're looking for a restaurant that can satisfy vegans and non-vegans, and if you like Thai and sushi, it's Thai or sushi, I guess, try Takara and or use Happy Cow which is just so incredibly handy. Oh, you know what else? One other thing I just realized while going through photos, my mom and I also walked through one of the nature preserves. This one, I think it's just a wildlife and nature preserve in the West Palm Wellington area, but I don't know the name. And it was really neat, just absolutely beautiful with great trails. And we saw fish and all these beautiful birds. There's alligators in there too, which we didn't see. I think that's even part of the Everglades. It was really cool. There's just so much to see in Florida. <laughs> I think this trip really opened my eyes to how much there is to do. If you love Disney or Universal, of course, that can be fun. But outside of that, there's just so much. Another product I found in my photos that I enjoyed is No Cow Makes Vegan Low-Carb Bars. You can get them at a ton of different stores. And at the Natural Products Expo, they debuted their new product called the Dipped Line, which is a chocolate peanut butter cup bar. Did not taste like a chocolate peanut butter cup, but I really enjoyed it. So I brought all sorts of little snacks like that around with me. Let's see if there were any others I forgot about. I try to always take pictures of the foods. I don't think I have any other food photos, although I bought at Whole Foods some kale chips. Those were a good snack for the plane. And lastly, I will mention... At Natural Products Expo, I got a sample of a disinfectant from a brand called Deer Planet Labs, and it came in this two-ounce bottle. It says it eliminates 99% of germs. It's alcohol-free, fragrance-free, and bleach-free with only three ingredients, and that's what I sprayed all over my plane seat, et cetera, and used in addition to the airplane pockets. And the flight attendant was very impressed and asked me all about my stuff, so that made me think this must be pretty cool and handy. <laughs> and that's it. When I got back to Los Angeles, I went to one final uh, place. I don't know if this counts as part of my Florida trip, but I guess in a way it does since it was on the way home from the airport. But I went to a new vegan fast food chain called Heart House, H-A-R-T. Kevin Hart, the actor, opened up a chain of plant-based fast food restaurants. And there are two now. They're starting to grow. I think they're all in Southern California, but hopefully they'll be all around the country at some point. It was really good. It reminded me of Veggie Grill. 
and a number of vegan fast food places. They had burgers and salads and fries. Actually, the most memorable thing there were their drinks, incredible organic sodas and teas that you can get. Everything was so good, like all of their drinks. The salad I had, was I got the kale crunch salad. It was mediocre, but their burger was good and their burger is gluten-free. They do have chicken and chicken nuggets there, but they were made with gluten, so I couldn't eat them. Their fries are very good. So it's worth checking out. I wasn't blown away by it, but I was very grateful for it. One of my favorite elements is their prices were very affordable. Like their salad was $7, which I thought was a good deal considering how expensive food prices have become these days. And the restaurant seems to be on a mission for inclusivity, helping everybody get access to plant-based foods. So that, that really touched my heart. And that was the end. I went to Hard House, came back home and passed out, slept for 12 hours, catching up on sleep after the whirlwind trip and time at Natural Products Expo. And like I said, I will do another episode on the Natural Products Expo, either here on This Might Get Uncomfortable or on This Hits the Spot, my other podcast that I've been working behind the scenes on relaunching. So stay tuned if you want to hear about all the products that I tried from the Natural Products Expo in 2023. Thank you so much for listening to my journey. It's amazing how many details go into planning and experiencing these types of trips. Like I said, I'll put the links to everything I mentioned, the food and the products and the locations I went to. I'll put them all in the description of the episode so you can easily access them if you're curious. And I'll be back with another live episode next week in Beyond Measure. If you haven't joined the private community yet, you can do so also by looking in the description. There is a link. You can come and chat today. It was really neat. We spent about half an hour as a group chatting on video like Zoom, Brady Bunch style with all the videos up and everyone hung out and some people got to know each other for the first time and caught up on each other's lives, shared some news and voted on the topic today. So today's topic was my idea, but it was voted on by the Beyond Measure community and people were in the chat interacting, asking questions, commenting. It's a really cool experience. So if you want to be part of that, it's completely free. It's part of the Beyond Measure private community and it's in the link for you to easily join. Check it out. I go live every Monday. Right now it's at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can always watch or listen to the recordings. You can submit topics in advance, questions, whatever you would like. You can comment on the episodes after the fact. But if you want to join live, you can add it to your calendar. I'd love to have you there. And thanks to everyone who was there joining me today. Thanks for interacting and keeping me company and being part of this journey. I'll see you again next week. Bye for now.